Our Father in heaven, we come before your holy throne, Jesus, God's righteousness revealed. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would show the glory of Jesus Christ this morning. We pray that the unveiling of the glory of Jesus will be made manifest through the Holy Scriptures. Oh, ancient words, ever true, changing me and changing you. I pray, King Jesus, that you would be magnified in our midst. I pray that you will give us a, a revived and a refreshed vision of you, my Lord and my Savior. That we will sing afresh, oh Jesus, thou be my vision Thou, Lord of my heart. May we be like Moses of old this morning, praying, Lord, show us your glory. Lord, you are more glorious than anything that this world can offer us. You are most glorious above all. Revive that concept in our hearts this morning. Refresh our worship, God. So many things happen in this world that can tame and, and, and do so many things, God, regarding our worship. But this morning, God, may praise break through in light of your brilliance, your radiance, and your splendor. Jesus, King of Kings, the Christ, the Messiah, make yourself known this morning. May they not even see me this morning. May I disappear May they hear God's word, God's voice through his word this morning. Be exalted, King Jesus. We commit this time to you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My name is Eugenio now. I'm the pastor of the Balkasid Baptist Church in Grahamstown, Makanda. Uh, I'm here with my wife, married to my beautiful wife. Ten years, we've got two sons, Joshua and Caleb. My beautiful mother is also with me and also my nephew. I'm delighted to be with you. Uh, uh, Pastor Ellen has always asked me to come. I'm delighted that I could make it this morning. So thank you for having us. Are you guys ready for the word this morning? Are you guys ready for the word? Ek is a colored man, jongens, preek hard hier waar is jylle reg? Colored, they can't be restricted. Can we turn to God's word this morning? Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Reading from verse 28, the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 28, about eight days after these words, he took along Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. They saw his glory. They saw his glory. And the two men were standing with him. As the two men were departing from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, isn't it good for us to be here? Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud appeared and overshadowed them. They became afraid 
as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, the chosen one, listen to him. After the voice had spoken, only Jesus was found. They kept silent in, in, in those days, told no one what they had seen. Amen. Firstly, I want to say this morning, the title of the sermon is Jesus, our glorious Lord. The reason for this title, there is no way that we cannot see the glory of Jesus Christ permeating everywhere on this passage. Every verse in this passage, the glory of Jesus is evident. Hence, the glory of the Lord himself, the glorious Lord. We were looking at the world behind the text, which is brief historical background. The world within the text from which I will derive four points. The importance of prayer, the unveiling of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the centrality of the glorious Lord, and the Father's affirmation of His glorious Son. And finally, we will look at the world in front of the text, which is you and I. The key word is application. Are you guys ready? <laughs> the importance of prayer. Eight days after Jesus said the words prior to verse 28, and that is eight days before Peter's confession of Jesus as the Messiah and our Lord's prediction of his suffering and his death and his resurrection, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to a mountain to go pray. Why Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him as his inner circle, the Bible doesn't really tell us, but it might be that our Lord was preparing these three men for the uh, significant leadership role they will play in the early church in his infant stage. So Jesus take them took them with him on a mountain to go and pray. I don't know about you, but I love mountains. At the 1820 Settlers Mountain in Grahamstown, there's a, there's a hill you can look over Grahamstown. It's my favorite place to seek the Lord's face, to pray over Grahamstown, to pray for our church, to pray for my family, and to pray for matters on my heart. And there's just another one just opposite on the end too that I also love to go and pray. There's just something about praying on a mountain, the quietness, the wind. But am I coming from Grahamstown to say to you, you must look for a mountain? No, I'm not. But what I'm wanting to emphasize this morning, intentionality in prayer is of utmost importance. If we are not intentional about prayer, we will not pray. If we are not intentional about spending time with God, we will allow other things to take God's place in terms of prayer in our lives. Jesus took these men to go and pray. E.M. Bounds reminds us, little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Martin Luther also reminds us of the importance and the essence of prayer. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. Prayer is laying hold of His willingness. Can I get an amen? It's laying hold of His willingness. The prayer life of Jesus in Scripture always challenges and encourages my prayer life. 
the prayer life of the Apostle Paul in Scripture encourages my prayer life. But there was a Zulu pastor by the name of William Duma. A book is written concerning his life. Take your glory, Lord. That book I read annually. It always encourages me to pray and see God's face. Seek the scriptures concerning prayer. Concerning Jesus' prayer life, the apostles' prayer life. Read Andrew Murray. Read all these guys, these warriors of prayer. And it will inspire you to pray. We should venture on now to the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not missing the connection between prayer and our Lord's transfiguration. Because it was while Jesus was praying that his face began to change. And we're moving on to our second point. The unveiling of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. While in prayer, suddenly his face changed. It altered. It became different. Matthew's account tells us in Matthew chapter 17, his face shone like the sun. His clothes became white according to Luke's account. According to Matthew's account, it became white as light. But I love Mark's account. It became white, extremely white, as no launderer on earth could whiten it. Matthew and Mark uses a verb that speaks about transformation, transfiguration. But we need to understand it is not a change in his nature, not at all. It wasn't a change in his nature. It was an outward change that came from within. My brothers and sisters, what we see here is the outburst of radiant brilliance and glory. What we see here is the glory of the divine Son of God shining through His clothes. John MacArthur said, Jesus is the glory of God manifest in the incarnation. The glory of God is most fullest and most clearly manifested in the Christ. Hallelujah! Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The exact expression of His being. Sustaining all things by His powerful word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. The Apostle Paul says, The light of of the knowledge of the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. His face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. But here, my brothers and sisters, we have one greater than Moses. We have grace personified. We see the mediator of a new covenant, of a better covenant. His radiance is greater even of that of Moses. The Apostle Paul calls him the Lord of glory. If they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of doxa, the Lord of glory. James chapter 2 verse 1 also refers to Jesus as the Lord of glory. What do we have here? 
We have a Savior who is infinite worth and glory is incalculable. We see the majesty of him. We see him exalted, giving them a glimpse into his future glory. We see the splendor of a king transform, veil in the flesh, the Godhead. We see. We see his glory. The glory of the one and only coming from the Father. I have come from Grahamstown to tell you, church, that, and to remind you that Jesus is glorious. Jesus is perfect in holiness and in majesty. None can compare to him. He is matchless in beauty. He takes what is and he makes it beautiful. He takes our broken lives and he turns it out into something brand new and beautiful. Oh, King of majesty. King of glory. Where would I be if it had not been for King Jesus? The importance of prayer, the unveiling of His glory, the centrality of this glorious Lord on to our next point. I know it's all in there. I wanted to keep you guys for an hour, but let's not go there. Suddenly, behold, the Greek word speaks of an excitement that this word brings. Behold, suddenly, Jesus was conversing and dialoguing with Moses and Elijah. Moses represents the Old Testament. Elijah represents the prophets who foretold our Lord's coming. The sum of the Old Testament revelation meets with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The entire Old Testament points to the Christ. The entire theme of the Bible is the Christ. Hence, we need to be rooted in Him. We need to be grounded in Him. And we need to be growing in the Christ. Jesus says in Luke 24, verse 44, Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms, the entire Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus is at the center of it all. Now what were they talking about? About his departure that will be accomplished in Jerusalem. Forgive the tears, the glory of God. It's too much for me this morning. They were talking about the cross of Calvary where the Prince of Glory laid down his life 
they were talking about the place where the Son of God bore our sins in His body. Where the Son of God bore the wrath of God against sin in our stead, on our behalf. They were talking about the event that made you and I righteous in Him. He became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They were talking about the place where the spiritual exodus took place whereby men and women by grace alone through faith in Christ alone can be redeemed from the power of sin, from slavery of sin and from the kingdom of darkness. They were talking about the old rugged cross. Hallelujah. So precious to the believer. The old rugged cross. Thank you for the cross, Jesus. So Peter, James and John, they were in a deep sleep. They woke up. They see the glory. I love the words. I burst into tears just at this phrase. They saw his glory. Isn't that what we live for? One day we will see His glory. And I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward. I know you are. Jesus prays in John chapter 17 verse 24. I love this. Not only do I desire to see His glory, but He desires for His followers to see His glory. He says, Father... I want those whom you have given me to be where I am. Jesus wants you to be where he is. To do what? He says, to see my glory. Jesus is excited for his church to see his glory and that smile that you're showing there is going to be even brighter when the king of kings stands before you no more pandemics no more devils and demons and all of this stuff no more petrol increases there is no load shedding because the glory of God is there Sorry, that's a bit of a sensitive joke. <laughs> Let me not get into trouble here. <laughs> when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. There's glorification waiting. I need to go on. What's the time? Ooh, I don't want you guys won't invite me again. Let me go on. Let me go on. So Peter sees the whole scene, the glory of Jesus, of Moses and Elijah. He sees everything. He says, Lord, it is good to be here. When our sister led Jesus, uh, God's righteousness revealed. One of my songs that I love, that seminary, the tears rolled again. But what a beautiful song. I enjoyed the corporate worship, but there will be a time where we're going to worship him forever. And ever we will see him in his glory and we will bow down before him. All the pain and questions will be wiped away as we look into his glorious face. 
I'm looking forward. Let's build three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for you, Lord, and one for Elijah. Peter just wants the glory to stay here. Peter, our Lord predicted his death, and you cannot bypass the cross, Peter. Before the, the, the crown, there will be a cross, Peter. We can't stay here, but future glory will come. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, God the Father, interrupts Peter while he was still speaking. He comes in a cloud appears. For those who do not know, I love why. I love the way Matthew puts it, a bright cloud. Because this is the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory is the visible, visible manifestation of the presence of God. It was the very presence that, that, that covered Moses in the cleft of the rock. It is a very cloud that guided his people as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Somebody said, when the invisible presence of God becomes visible and the omnipresence of God becomes localized, there is the Shekinah glory. I want to come to an end. The father firmed his son at baptism. He now firms his son before the cross. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. The command, listen to him, is in the present tense in the Greek, which means it's a continuous action. Continue to listen to him. The Christian life is a life of listening to the Christ through the scriptures as we emulate him under the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I can go on and on. Let me just end off with the world in front of the text, which is you and I. There's so many things that wants to present themselves in this world as seemingly more glorious than Jesus, as more satisfying than him, as more fulfilling than him, but it's all lies. John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. There are many things that want to draw our attention away from the Christ. We are living in a world where some circles, you can talk about anything. The moment you mention the Christ, they become offended. The gospel is an offense to the unbeliever. But to the believer, though we have not seen him, we love him. Though we do not see him now, we believe in him. And we are experiencing a glorious, inexplicable, glorious joy. Glorious joy, unexplicable. What I see in this passage as I end all, the fact that the glory concealed in Jesus is revealed at that moment temporarily means there's so much more in Jesus Christ than what we know now. Children of the Lord, I want to leave you with this now. What you and I know of Christ now, there's much more of Him. We can go deeper. If you take anything from me this morning, go deeper with Christ. Love him as the greatest treasure of your heart this morning. Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus.
please continue to take this church as they look into your glory as if in a mirror from one level of glory to another. From one level of manifesting Christ to another. In conclusion, if there's anybody here this morning who does not know Jesus Christ, you've been coming to church every Sunday. Your mom, your dad is a Christian, but you've never made a commitment. You don't know this glorious King. You have never surrendered to Him. You've never repented of your sins. You've never asked Him to come into your life. When, when you're in church, you feel out, everybody's singing and praising, but you feel far away. In fact, you can't wait for the service to end because you've done your religious duty to come to service this morning. If there's anybody here this morning that says, Pastor, do you know, I have not made right with Jesus yet. Would you pray for me? If you are here this morning, I'm not going to call you to the front. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I would love to make that commitment to know this glorious Jesus. Is there anybody this morning? Raise up your hand and put it down again. Are you here? Pastor, just pray for me. I haven't made that commitment yet. Are you here? Just raise it up and put it down again. Anybody? Anybody? If not, hallelujah, I'm glad all of you are believers here this morning. Father, thank you for the service. Jesus be glorified in our life always as the greatest treasure. Amen and amen. Thank you.